listening to the Gisco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. We're talking about bikes for the fun of it, the social side of bicycling. There aren't grams or watts on this podcast, and and that's okay. This is a this is a no drop podcast. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. I've got a lot of news to go over, especially in the bike advocacy world. Uh, so this one's a monologue you're going to hear from just me today. Uh, but a lot of this is important, so uh, kind of five things I want to go over. Uh, number one, uh, Governor Reynolds signed uh, a million-dollar appropriation for the State Recreational Trails Fund in here, here in Iowa. Um, REAP was also funded at similar uh, levels as past years. Uh, so we're enthused. Uh, of course, uh, that isn't as usual, the usual amount that we we see. Usually the State Recreational Trails Fund is somewhere between two, two and a half million dollars. It's been as high as six million dollars in the past 10 years or so. But uh, considering the economic conditions that we're under currently, um, you know, it's it's something that we can live with. Um, also, uh, the House started their version of this bill at a million dollars. Uh, the Senate um, was zero. Uh, they actually eliminated that line in that budget completely. Um, uh, so it just wasn't there. Um, so we, we had some initial advocacy. Us and our partners at the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation uh, worked with advocates to increase that funding to $750,000 in the Senate version. And then finally, when they all got together, the, they accepted the House version at $1 million. Um, so that's good news. Uh, that means our trail building in Iowa is not going to have a gap, and we're excited about that. Um, you see about three miles of trail construction for a million dollars. Um, on average, uh, uh, you know, all trails are a little bit different uh, in, in their own context. Um, so when we talk about things like the Great American Rail Trail that's going to run from coast to coast and all the way across Iowa, um, that seems like a real baby step to get three miles of it done. But uh, the thing to keep in mind is the State Recreational Trails Program is often combined with other grant sources. So it's not just... SRT, but you're seeing, you know, maybe 25% of the program is going to be the State Recreational Trails Grant. And then the other portions are going to come from some private funders or from REAP or from maybe local funding. Um, The other thing that we see frequently is the trails aren't built in one big phase. They're built in several smaller phases. And, uh, you know, the school's out whether or not that's a, a good deal. I mean, certainly you got to live within your means. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, just, there's, it's hard to do big signature projects when that's uh, the limited amount of funding that's available. Um, the governor had a program that she talked about called the Invest in Iowa Act. Um, that we were enthused about. Um, It would raise the state sales tax uh, by a penny, um, and three-eighths of that cent was going to conservation, uh, uh, recreation, outdoor natural resources. Um, And so trails would see about 10% of that funding. Um, And and we were enthused about that. However, they were working hard to uh, cut that amount of funding uh, we'll see what happens when the legislature starts up next year, whether or not the economy's in good shape to uh, to talk about uh, sales tax increase and funding natural resources. Uh, I mean, the, the vision is, is, is that it had overwhelming support, and we know that you can do great, big, um, life-changing, transformational, legacy, 
projects with the amount of money that was uh, going to be in there. And it was going to be sustaining. We knew that uh, it was going to see that amount of money uh, over over the rest of our lifetimes. Uh, so that was exciting. All right. Um, let's talk about the bike boom. Uh, everybody's talking about the bike boom. We see a lot of that mentioned all over the place. Uh, bikes are flying off the shelves of retailers in the state of Iowa. Um, everybody that I've talked to says they're they're pretty darn busy, um, and that's uh, that's good considering that we're not having Ragbri this year. Um, I know that we've had a couple of bike shops open up this year, which is uh, man tough year. But uh, you know, if uh, if we got a bike boom going on, that's great. Um, Rhino Bicycles in Ankeny. Uh, just opened up. I saw their sign was up uh, this last week, so they're looking great. Uh, and Michael Cyclery over in Perry, Iowa, uh, taking over uh, the Raccoon River Valley bicycle uh, uh, space. Um, so we're we're excited to see some some growth in that in that uh, in the bike area. So uh, we also know. Um, uh, repair services backlogged. Um, I know my bike has been in the shop for about two weeks, and I'm hoping it gets back to me soon. But we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So uh, this is a it's just a beautiful time for bicycle. And I would say if you're if you're shopping for a bike, check with your retailers. Give them a call. Uh, talk to them by phone before you get to the shop. Uh, look at their website to see what their procedures are. Um, some are open to retail and public in their stores, but some are not, and, and uh, all a little bit different. Um, and, and certainly uh, on, the, on the bike boom end, we also know that the trails are just packed. Um, my, uh, my bell has been getting a workout uh, when I'm out on the trails because there's just a lot of people out there walking or bicycling. Uh, rollerblading's big right now, skateboards. Um, but uh, it's it's a busy time on the on the trails and and that's exciting. Um, uh, we've also heard this is probably important news to to keep in mind if you're shopping for a bike and you come across this podcast. Um, community bike programs that sell used bikes um, have bikes uh, in their inventory. So make sure you check out their websites like the the Des Moines uh, Bicycle Collective or um, the Iowa City Bike Library or the Dubuque Bike Coop or a few others that are out there. But uh, uh, check some of those other opportunities out. Check their websites out for inventory and then see what their procedures are for distribution because they all vary a little bit. Um, so there, there are bikes out there. There's used bikes out there. I, I heard... Um, uh, Guitar Ted, who's been on this podcast several times, uh, talk about uh, barn dust bicycles. Um, so much dust uh, or bicycles that haven't been used in so long, they've been stored in the barn and have accumulated dust. That's often what what they're seeing uh, as far as some of the bikes there, and uh, they're 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 working on them, uh, trying to get people set up and people happy. All right. Um, I'll add a little bit. We want to talk about our bike rides, the Iowa Bicycle Coalition bike rides. Uh, Baycoon Ride, uh, uh, sad news is that one's canceled. Um, we rescheduled it to August 1st, and, and it's just not going to work out. So everybody that's registered, we forwarded your registration to next year. Um, there's also an option to transfer your registration to the Big Rove. Um, and then uh, if that doesn't work out, you can contact us um, for and follow our refund policy. Um, 
You know, it was it was a tough decision, and, and everybody that's running events right now is is just, you know, literally pulling their hair out to try to figure out what to do. Do you do a virtual event, or uh, and does that have value to people, or, or are they going to be bored by it? Um, do you do something that's uh, got social distance to it? Um, it's 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 a tough call. Um, and I got to be honest, we thought we could pull it off. We were we were getting close. We talked to the the local uh, public health departments and they they were, you know, encouraging us uh, to, to do the ride. And and that was awesome. But, um, you know, they said, you know, you need to plan for uh, for the amount of people that you got coming. Um, so make sure you got plenty of hand washing stations, uh, Kaibos and things like that. Um, the food safety, they weren't as concerned about because food, uh, caterers have their own, uh, procedures that they're following. Um, so they weren't as concerned about that. Um, and, uh, they just said simply set the expectations, uh, so people know what they're, what they're expected to do. Do you want them to wear masks when they're off bikes? Do you want them to have groups of less than 10? Uh, just make sure people know what you're expecting and uh and and follow what the state guidelines are uh, so we thought that was that was attainable um, but Bakun has a different problem um, we know that we have a lot of unregistered riders who simply show up um, and they don't realize that that ride supports the iowa bicycle coalition um, and furthermore um, they don't realize that they can overwhelm what we do for planning um, if, you know, if we're planning for a thousand people and 5,000 show up, um, we're not going to have enough hand washing stations. We're not going to have enough water. We're not going to have enough, uh, kibos. And there's an expectation that we provide that. And if we didn't provide that, uh, the land managers, I think would start looking at us funny and, and maybe ask us to not come back. And we didn't want to risk that. Um, we simply can't plan for unregistered riders. Um, it's a problem. Um, I know it's a problem on Ragbri. Um, and I know it's something that we, we certainly need to start addressing. Um, so if, if you're one of those folks, think it over, um, or, or drop me a line and, and let's talk about it. Um, the other, the other part that I think is important with Bacon Ride is the trail is open, well, except for a bridge that they're working on currently over by uh, Adel and Redfield. Uh, but the trail is open. You can go out and ride it in August or now or whatever you want to ride it. Um, the uh, the communities are, are open. The businesses are open. Um, the, as, as far as we know, the drinking fountains and bathrooms are open. Um, so it's, uh, it's not like you can't go enjoy the Raccoon River Valley Trail. Um, it's there for you. And we want to encourage people to get out there and do that. I think that's important. Um, but as far as running an event, there were just some things that we, we just couldn't plan around. And, and I hope everybody understands. It's a tough time for us. We're trying to work through everything. And, and um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, pigtails, different story. Uh, we do not have an unregistered rider problem with this ride. Uh, this is our women specific ride. 
Um, normally we see about 850 or so participants. We probably are expecting less. We may even cap it at less than that so we can just have a, a manageable amount of people on that ride. Uh, but it's still on. That one's uh, postponed to August 8th. Um, that will be in Ankeny at the Prairie Trail um, and run up to uh, uh, Madrid uh, to the Flat Tire Lounge and then over to the uh, High Trestle Bridge. Um, so we're, we're excited about that. There's, there's a lot of aspects of that ride that we need to change to make it as contactless as possible. Uh, so then that means we're reducing volunteers. We're sending your packets out. Um, we're just doing things differently than we've done in the past. Um, so it's, it's a challenge for us, but it's something that, that seems to be working out and we're going to commit to that. So, uh, think of it as a, as a trail ride, um, that's, that's kind of mostly supported. Um, there'd be food and things like that for you if you're a participant. Um, you know, you get your jersey and, and that sort of thing, but, uh, it is, uh, it's not going to have the same on-site support that you've got in the past. So if you, if, if, it's, if it's a challenge for you to ride all the miles of the Pigtails ride, um, you need to think about who's going to be able to pick you up. Um, and that's a, that sort of thing. Um, so we want to take care of everybody the, the best we can, but we also want to acknowledge the safety of our volunteers and, and staff and, and those sorts of folks. Um, uh, last one is Big Rove. This one's uh, postponed to August 22nd. Also still on. We're working hard with the venues to try to get a plan um, because we go from the Big Grove Brewery in Iowa City up to the Big Grove Brewery in Solon. There's some street closures so we can spread out a little bit more. Um, but uh, there's some things that we need to work on. Um, so we're, we're still excited about uh, about that event. Um, and, and I think we'll... Uh, once things settle down a little bit more here, uh, I think that'll become uh, uh, pretty darn popular for, for folks. Um, I will also say, if, if you haven't heard it, Ragbrae's uh, got a virtual ride going on, and, and i, I got to say, I'm having a lot of FOMO with this one. They, they got some fun things going on. You know, you can get a T-shirt and a patch that you're never going to be able to get again, I hope. Um, I hope we don't have to go through this scenario again, but... Uh, it's unique in the history of Ragbri. Um, they're also got a fall ride planned on the books uh, uh, for Iowa Falls area. Uh, so I encourage you to go to their website, ragbri.com, and check some of those things out. Um, I also will do kind of a sponsor mention. I got some sweet masks from the folks at Primalware. They sent me a bunch of samples this week. Um, so if you're looking for a really stylish, cool face mask, uh, check out primalware.com and, and order some for yourself. All right. I want to talk about some adventures that uh, Jennifer and I had over the last week or so. Uh, we rode the Key Wash Trail uh, from, and it was a great, great adventure, I think. Um, we rode from uh, the trail in Washington uh, that went out to uh, Kyoto. Um, so it was 13 miles one way, so 26 miles round trip. Um, most of it was on kind of that chipped gravel sort of, of surface, uh, but it was paved in Washington for a few miles. Um, so that was a really kind of comfortable start. Uh, and I will tell you the paved section in Washington was packed. Um, there are a lot of people out there riding, a lot of families, 
Um, but once you kind of got out into the countryside, people just dropped off. And, and uh, once you got to the halfway point uh, in Westchester, about seven miles out, uh, and then we were really the only ones out there. Um, there's nothing in Westchester. Um, uh, there's a, a gazebo, uh, which I'll tell you about on, uh, after I kind of got back through this. Um, there's a little gazebo off there. Um, it looks like they're having a social distancing ice cream social coming up this month. Uh, I'm not sure how that works, but I'm kind of curious. I wish they were having it that day that we were riding through. Um, so we got the full 13 miles over to Kyoto. Um, rode around their downtown a little bit. There wasn't much going on. The grocery store was open. Uh, they have a little downtown grocery store. And then on the edge of town, they have a small convenience store that had uh, pizza and burritos. Nice, clean place. Um, and there was outdoor seating, uh, which we took advantage of and, and had a slice of pizza. Um, and then we turned around to go back. And, and at that moment... There was this huge thunderstorm that was just a couple miles out, sort of out of Kyoto, and we thought, you know, we're going to get soaked. And and so the goal was to to put some distance between us and the storm, uh, and that's a, that's hard on a gravel trail. But we also knew that if it started raining, uh, the gravel trail be, could become a muddy trail. Um, we had the right bikes. Um, I had my uh, salsa el mariachi, which I've kind of converted over to a gravel bike, took the, the front shock off and put a rigid fork on and, and got some gravel tires from Terravale on there. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great riding bike. Um, uh, for a 29er, um, it, it works perfect for that, that sort of application. But we knew, and Jen had her, her salsa journey person, um, which she just loves that bike. She's, she's ridden Ragbright twice on that one. Um, it just really enjoys uh, the ride on any surface uh, with that bike. Um, but we knew it could get muddy, um, and that was that was kind of one of those exciting things that we had to uh, think about. Um, it didn't. Uh, that thunderstorm just kind of lumbered along and wasn't moving very fast, never got to us. We got to uh, uh, Westchester, and things were dry and, and looking good. But we could still see the clouds behind us, and they were still building, but it just wasn't moving fast at all. However, in Westchester, I got a flat tire. Um, I've had a, uh, just a series of flat tires on all my bikes lately, but this one, uh, another one, I think I'm due for a, a new set of tires. Um, I think when I, I get my All Odds Plus back, I'm going to take the El Mariachi in and get some tubeless put on it. I know a lot of people have been encouraging me to do tubeless, and, and I really haven't gotten why until this last flat tire and then i'm like i'm sick of flat tires um so it's gonna just uh hopefully be a new set of tires in in my future and um and they'll probably be tubeless uh, i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna take the plunge i'm a little worried about the maintenance of a tubeless but that you know it is what it is all right, well, that's my, my updates for the Just Go Bike podcast. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in. Um, if you get a chance, leave us a review. Uh, subscribe to us on whatever your Facebook 
or your Facebook, whatever your podcast reader is, uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I think we got a Twitter account too. Um, but uh, keep in touch. Let us know what's going on with you. If you got uh, technical questions, fire them off to Parrot Talk. Um, and I know we've got a set of content coming up that's going to be fun. So make sure you keep tuned in. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks a lot, Mark Wyatt. I appreciate you tuning into the Jisco Bike Podcast. <laughs>